I'm Elaine Shannon. I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast where we inspire and empower you to connect more soulfully to yourself. In this episode of Soul Sister Conversations, we speak with Tiffany Agnew, who shares how the loss of her son, Brayden, inspired her to create a foundation in his name to help his light shine on. She shares how the loss of her son impacted her life, prompting her to live bravely. Well, good morning, Elaine. Good morning, Dana. And uh, I'm really excited about our, our Summer Soul Series is amazing and it is it's going so well and I love when we have someone who is local but really has a global message yes and somebody who we're going to want to watch yes absolutely well let's uh, introduce her um we have today Tiffany Agnew Uh, she is the founder of the Braden Foundation and Tiffany Agnew inspires she is a speaker board president writer mentor and motivator and in the face in the face of adversity Tiffany turned to helping and empowering others as a way to cope with the loss of her teenage son Braden in 2018. She created the Braden Foundation in his memory and is committed to honoring Braden with her life. To that, to her, that means not taking for granted what was taken from Braden, time and life. She is dedicated to reaching her highest potential and helping others radically change their beliefs so they too can become the best version of themselves so they can step into their bravery, which I've watched Tiffany do, and own her power no matter what they are facing. Welcome, Tiffany. Welcome. Thank to Soul so Sister much. Conversations, the we podcast. so appreciate <laughs> the podcast. What else is there, as my son says? What else? <laughs> what else? I know. The right now, there isn't anything else. Podcasting is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're... thank you for um, being our guest today and being brave um, to share your story and to be so open, so that other people can learn from your story. And I'm sure you'll be very inspiring. So, where does your story begin? My story begins really like a few years back. I was not working and I was wanting like a little bit more like I had wanted to just, I wanted a different life for a really long time. I kind of felt, you know, sort of trapped going from like job to job that I didn't like. Not feeling fulfilled. Not feeling fulfilled. Yeah. And uh, I had been studying personal development for so long, um, like over a decade. But I had been like acquiring knowledge, acquiring knowledge, acquiring knowledge. <laughs> right. When they say knowledge is power, but really yeah, it's do only power it. yes. when you do something. You got to get it. out of that loop at some point. Yeah. So it's yeah, only it's power good. when you start applying it to your life and when you take the yes. action. So, like I started just taking small actions back then. I remember one of the ones that I did was like I joined a volunteer group and volunteering had been something that I'd wanted to do for years Mm -hmm. but I was that person that like you know I could only go show up and volunteer if I had a friend to come with me and accompany me right so like you know it gets more difficult as we get older to find someone that can make the exact same commitment as you (laughs) on the exact same day and time yes Yes. eventually we have to walk a path by ourselves (laughs) exactly so like that was like one of the first things I did I was like I'm just gonna go so I found this like volunteer group online and I just and that was really out of my comfort zone for me to even just show up I met the president of the club uh, for coffee 
And that was really, I think about it now, it sounds so silly, but that was really outside of my comfort zone. Um, So that was one of the first things I did that kind of like pushed me into like my own personal development journey, like really um, starting to apply all those things in my life. All the knowledge you had acquired. (laughs) Yeah, that I had been learning about, right? So it started off with that. And I just find like, once you do one thing, it then pushes you to do the next thing, Right. right? So then I took a course for women in business. Um, and I was doing like a handmade business back then. Oh, really? And what uh, were you doing? I did all the stuff. Like I put quotes on everything. I put quotes on mugs on. Socks, I on think shirts. I remember that. Yeah. So <laughs> and like for a while, like I thought that that was like, oh, I'm so passionate about this. Like yeah. I want to eventually open a store and and sell my stuff and maybe sell other people's stuff. And I thought that I would get into like, you know. Uh, redoing furniture because I always love to do that as well like repurposing yeah stuff? repurposing oh. furniture like taking old pieces and, and painting them like I see furniture and I'm just like oh I want to paint that oh I want to paint yes. that so uh, that's actually what I was doing when I took the business course but then that business course sort of just like opened me up to like the entrepreneurial world community yeah. in St. John which is which like, is a great it is community. a great community right so I feel like that just everything I did just kept giving me a little bit of confidence. And I had always wanted to um, do public speaking, do writing. um, Mm -hmm. Since I knew motivational speaking was a thing, like I wanted to do it. But in my mind, it was just like not possible. Right. You saw the gap is so far. Yeah. yeah, It was just not. And what was driving you to do that? What did you think you would motivate people on? Or Um, I just was always like the, you know, cheerleader of our group like you know what I mean someone was going through something I was always there to encourage them and um and then once I got started on this journey like I thought like oh I could encourage people because like I'm making these changes and starting to just do these little things that Mm -hmm. I had always wanted to do like um you know I started going to all the different events that are for entrepreneurs and again like I was getting comfortable I just show up at them and like with yourself with just myself right (laughs) so and again, brave. Like, those are things that I really wouldn't have done in the past. So that kind of like, you know, then I started a Facebook group where I just was like tippy toeing. Like I wasn't sharing a lot, like just uh, really personal stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was pretty like surface level. Um, and then as Braden got sick, I started sharing about his journey mm. Um and people were really like interested in following along like our journey like when we would go to Halifax like we would post our updates and you know tell everyone that was going on and then like he was inspiring me while he was going through the journey because like he just maintained like such a positive attitude and you know we get back from a trip from Halifax where like he had to go down there to do like a week-long worth of appointments um and you know, go to and from the hospital every day. One of the days that we were there, the hotel that we stayed at had like an electrical surge and like the power went out. So we were on the top floor, which was like the seventh floor and Braden was on oxygen. So like he, like when we would get into a hospital, like I would put him into a wheelchair because even with his oxygen support, like walking around would be really tiring. It would be very difficult. Like his numbers would really plummet. So we had to, the elevators were out. 
and we had to go to the hospital. So we had to go down seven floors. So just oh my at least gosh, it was Tiffany. down. Oh. At least it was down, like taking little breaks, like going a couple yes. steps, letting him sit. And then that put us into the basement. So then up a floor. So that happened, like, you know what I mean? He had, like, a million blood tests and appointments, and, like, he had turned um, 18 in January. So they were very open with telling him everything. So telling him, like, statistics and really scary things, like yes. things that any adult would be very, very scared of. And um, when we got home from that trip, he was telling my uh, my husband, who, did, who didn't come with us, he was working, um, that our trip was awesome because um, his parent, like my husband's parents came and stayed in Halifax a couple of days. They took us out to dinner. He was like telling, oh, we had these awesome potatoes at the Gahan house and we had a game night and like, he just had you know, such an appreciation yeah, and a like positive outlook on everything. Just, like that's the things that he was thinking about, like not how our hotel not the medical stuff. randomly got a surge. Yeah. Like we also had to like, because um, he would have the portable tanks, but then, like, for, like, overnight and stuff, he actually had, like, a portable machine. Well, the surge broke the machine. The alarm, and it set off the alarm because the, there's an alarm inside the machine that will ring in case it stops working mm-hmm. so that we know in case he's sleeping or something like that. Um, and it triggered the alarm. The alarm was stuck on for, like, multiple hours, like a really loud like piercing your ears like wow for hours and for him that was he endured it all yeah, yeah like that wasn't it didn't come up when he was like oh it was great and like this is what he did so like he really inspired me so then I started like sharing more and getting more comfortable with sharing um and so I just I feel like like I kind of really barely scratched the surface of that personal development journey and then he got sick and then he passed mm. and I, while I was kind of in the midst of everything and I just like I just kept on sharing that with everyone. Yes. And you shared and everything. And I, I remember did. because we had met right around that time and we connected on Facebook because I remember yeah. seeing all your posts, you know, and being part of sort of that prayer group ar- around you guys, yeah. right? And you were asking people I for was. prayers and help. Like you were not shy no. to, to reach mm-hmm. out. And that's a big thing, like to, yeah. you know, to share that yeah. journey, that personal journey and to reach out. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about Braden's journey? What were his challenges? Or had this something he struggled with his entire life? Or is this uh, was something relatively new that you had to deal with? So Braden had illnesses um, when he was when he was born. He okay. had uh, a condition called portal vein thrombosis, which was like a blocked artery in his portal vein. He had an enlarged spleen. And then the portal vein thrombosis, just like it can make you smaller. It can make you more susceptible to illness. Um So, like, he would get sick a lot when he was little. Like, he would get, like, pneumonia. And, like, he wouldn't be able to get rid of it unless, like, they gave him steroids. Um, So his health was compromised as a result of this condition. So it was, yeah. And then, like, in 2007, he got a blood infection, which was not related to Mm -hmm. the other issues. But it was, like, likely made worse. Like, he got more sick than most people would have got. So he's actually very sick. Mm. He was... um, here at the regional hospital he was flown to IWK and then he was flown to Toronto where he he ended up staying for like several months in Toronto um his liver failed at that time like he was on kidney dialysis like his lungs um almost failed he had to have um oh what was it he had a stroke so like he had like a lot of stuff so he's like he dealt with things his he did, life. but then he had like a huge stretch of being 
completely normal and healthy wow. for 11 years. Wow. Right? So um, when he passed, he had actually only been sick with this illness for five months. So okay. he had like his first symptom in December. Um, so in mid-December. So just to put that into perspective too, the day before that he worked at his part-time job at McDonald's up at McEso. And the day before that he was in school. So just so everything just, normal and it changed. Yeah. Yeah. And that began the, the, that the journey began of the health journey. challenges. And then, so these things were related to those previous illnesses, but they were just like... Um, dormant? or yeah, yeah, they were dormant. Like, he didn't really have symptoms. Um, his breathing, like, would have been, like, just slowly getting worse over yes. time. But not enough that you would notice a no. big difference. Yeah, and he was... Um, mm. He was kind of like an inactive kid. He was really into video games. Right. So like he would be the like, oh, kid. going up the yeah. hill really tires me out. And I'd be like, well, that's because you never exercise. Right. You know what I mean? Like there was no real warning signs because no. he wasn't athletic. He was an exactly. indoor kid. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. He, had, yeah. He, had, he had played hockey and stuff for a while, but he hadn't played in, a while. Yes. Um, yeah. in the last couple of years. So yeah, it was just something that would have been just slowly going right. on. Um, and even when he first noticed it, that we took him to the hospital, like he just went out to get our mail, which was just like across the street and he came in and he didn't have like visible, noticeable symptoms to someone else, but he was just like, I don't feel right. Like I right. feel like I, I'm, I can't, my breath doesn't feel right. So, mm-hmm. so like, but that you know. he articulated that to you because I'm thinking of my children and I don't know that they would say anything. Yeah. He had always been really open with that. And I think it was because of like the fear of like his illnesses in the past. Sure. So like it was there, you know, some kids yeah. are like, even when they're sick, they don't want to go to the hospital. He was like the opposite. Like he won't go to the hospital if he got like a hurt his finger. Like, because, like, he would just think that something really bad was wrong yeah. because of everything mm-hmm. that he went through. He's so brave. And and so, as he, because he, how long has Braden been gone? He passed uh, in, A little over a year. year. He passed yeah. in um, May 2018. Yeah, and, and, and I, I remember seeing you speak at a women's conference that we yeah. were at. And I, I, there wasn't a dry eye in the room watching you, obviously. And I could feel the depth of your pain. Because you had said that it had been 159 days. Yeah. And it just struck me that as a mother, you know, you counted those days. And I thought you were incredibly brave. And I think, you know, you, you had said it yourself as a club nobody wants to belong to. How, how does a mother get through that? I'm sure there's people listening who are experiencing some sort of loss. Um, what would your advice be or what, what ha- was happening for you to get through it? Um... I don't know like it was what like, you're still just, going through it i i am i still go through it, it doesn't every day. ever end it's, it's definitely um I, I i had not even ever lost anyone close to me before so like brayden was like the closest person i'd ever lost like i did lose a, a grandmother but we weren't yes um you know she passed a few years like my husband hadn't even met her and we had been together for several years um, so we weren't close. So like he was legitimately like the only person, person that I had ever lost that was really close to me. Like the only, like the first real loss that right. I even experienced. And then that loss Gosh. happened. And that's Braden. a pretty, that's a, a, it's a deep one. It's and it's obviously loss. one you don't ever, ex- you don't to. think that you'll ever, you know, yeah. it's just not one you think is going to happen to you. So I, I guess I was just inspired by him. Um, and you can feel that because you speak about him so passionately. Yeah. 
I just, I didn't want to like further the tragedy of his loss by, you know, letting it like completely break me destroy or you. destroy yeah. me because then I just feel like that just makes it so much more tragic. And How did you have that sort of awareness? That to me seems like a very light awareness because some people could have experienced that and have even with people who aren't their children. The loss is so great that they fall apart and don't come out of it. Like what? Was it just like an instant assessment or? Yeah, I think it was like everything that I had been learning for all those years. Yeah, and all like, your personal development stuff. All personal and development and stuff. And what like, Braden had been teaching you through his life. Exactly. What he had been teaching oh. me through his whole life. Like, it was like, it felt like everything that I had been learning and everything that he taught me is then what, what has helped me through it. Right. That's and amazing. continues to help me go through it, right? Because yeah. it's like. Grief is like a lifelong thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's not something I was aware of before this either. Like I didn't really know that it would be like a lifelong right. relationship. Is, right. right. That's an interesting way to put it, a relationship. It yeah. is, yeah. And you're managing the grief relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. And you know, it wow. changes. And some days it you changes. have, you know, your relationship's really bad. And some days you can see the bright side and you can see the light. And Yeah. Wow. To <clears> me, that is... I'm just like that's sinking in. That is, yeah. I mean, I've yeah. I've lost my grandparents. I mean, those are the closest people, and they live with me. And they're I feel like that. Yeah. Right. Because there's days when I don't think about them, mm-hmm. and then like today we were talking about blueberry pie. Mm-hmm. So Nanny has been on my mind since mm-hmm. her in the kitchen with the blueberry pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting the relationship. So when you say even the relationship with grief, do you feel like you still have a relationship with Brayton? I know they're not here in the physical because I know I've had this with my own mother. So I, I would say the relationship sounds crazy, but almost an even greater connection in death than in life. Have you had that experience with Brittany? That I relationship? do feel like that because like, you know, I continue to share him with the world yes. and I share him through the, through the Braden foundation. And so I do feel like, and that was one of the things that motivated me to start the Braden foundation was because like, that's like one of the hardest things I think is like, you know, when everyone goes back to work and everyone's yes, life right. yes. like goes, the casseroles like, stopped arriving yeah. and their lives and all go to back to normal. On. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, everyone's like going back to work and they're calling less. And, you know, sometimes they don't answer my calls. Whereas before, if I called someone like they would answer or call me back and like within five seconds and be like, Oh my gosh, like, what do you need? What can I do? Is something wrong? Is everything okay? Like, um, you know, people start to adjust and that to me was really hard. Um, where you had the support and then it feels like it's gone away. Yeah. Not that like, you know, if I called someone and said I needed support, they would, they would be there. But, um, it just feels like their lives are sure. going back to normal. Yes. You know what I mean? There's such contrast. Like, yeah. And your life will never like be the same. You're yeah. stuck and you're like, your life, yeah, like it, it's never going to be the same. And you know what I mean? What do you do now? And yes. um, But you turned it into something beautiful. Yeah. You, you talked about the Braden Foundation. So tell us about that. and Because that when I heard you last October, you were all, that was the first big fundraiser. So he passed it, was it May? Did yeah. You say? Yeah. So... That must Six have been months, very quickly yeah. you got something together to do yeah. something about his life, about your grief, and channel that into something beautiful. Yeah, it was like, you know, I just felt like I still needed a way to, like, be his mom. Yes. And and for me, like, the foundation Gosh. was, like, a way to still 
to still be his mom, to still I do feel things that, for him. right? Because you want yeah. to be you connect, know, that, relationship. That, that connection. You, you wake up and like, even though they're gone, like you still want to be their mom. You still want to like love them and care for them and, and even share them with the world. So the foundation was a way for me to do that. So I actually started working on the foundation the very next month. Really? After he passed. I you started, had that idea that you wanted to. Yeah. I had wanted to start a foundation like before um when he was sick because he spent so much time in the hospital um and like even after he got out of the hospital when like when he was seven like he had a huge journey of recovering like when we Mm -hmm. went home he went home with like a tube feeding machine that he had to be hooked up to at home he had um he had nerve damage in his foot so he had to do physiotherapy and wear a brace and he still had to have like a nurse that came to our house because he had like bed sores like on his back and his because bottom. of the length of time he was in the hospital yeah mm. yeah so we were really and then and, and he got a wish himself from the children's oh, really? wish foundation um he got that uh in 2008 and then we finally went on it in 2010 and i always thought like you know like someday i want to give back and I want to like help people but it quickly became like someday I'll do that right the infamous someday as soon as this happened you knew instantly what you would do and even prior to him passing um just him being him being sick again um I it was already on my mind even before he passed I was just like you know I should we should do something and uh, we should, you know, help other people that are impacted by illness. And so, like, it already was on my mind. I had already, like, um, went and donated blood in January before he even passed because I was like, okay, that had been something that I'd been saying I wanted to do yeah. for years because he, um, he had, like, a low blood clotting time. So anytime, and he also had low platelets. So anytime he had to go for any sort of procedure, he always had to be given blood. So he had been giving blood for many years. Um, and for many years, I'm like, oh, I'm going to give back and start right. donating blood. Yes. And I had never done it. So... <clears throat> I started those things even before he passed. So when he did pass, I was just like, okay, like, you know, um, we started motivating, inspiring other people to give blood and we started the foundation right away. Right. And, and what does the foundation do? So we do, um, we call them happy heart makeovers Mm -hmm. and happy heart shopping sprees. So we give children in New Brunswick who have severe life-threatening or high-risk illnesses their choice between a bedroom makeover or a shopping spree. So we just want to give them something fun and positive to focus on, Mm. you know, give them a chance to just be kids and really enjoy themselves. And you know what, even give their parents an opportunity to see their kids just being kids and not focusing on illness. Um, And then in September, we're actually launching the Braden Foundation Support Group for Parents. Okay. So we um, noticed that there, there is no support groups in the St. John and surrounding area for parents that have kids with critical illness. So just through talking to families, like I kind of, it kind of hit me right away. Like I just, I felt like they really connected with me and they, they just wanted to talk and have Mm -hmm. someone to listen to them. And I just thought, you know what, there's no one doing this. There's no support for them. Um, there's, groups for people who have lost people but there's no groups during while they're going through yeah an illness so there's no groups for these parents that have the kids 
that are going through it and yes. it's overwhelming and I know what an impact it can have on your life. It can... Because you were there more than once. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, mm. so... At different stages. I reached out to a couple of our families and I just asked them, um, you know, I have a question. Do you mind if I, if I ask a few questions? Um, thinking about starting a new program, wondering what your, your thoughts were. Mm. And the first couple of families that I reached out to were 100%... They, um, a couple of our applicant parents, they actually tried to start their own, okay. but they were unable to find anyone to facilitate it. Um, so, and you had already had other things, like you had been percolating this, this had been, the foundation had been building all these years, not, yeah. not knowing what, not you knowing were... what it would do. And even when I said, like, even when I told people like, we're starting a foundation, um, and we already had money that mm -hmm. was like fundraised for us and we didn't know what the foundation would be um like I met with um Haley Bowen from Marketing on mm -hmm. Purpose um because prior to Braden getting sick I was doing her marketing course and I was going to launch a completely different business that I had been working on um and then I messaged her and I was just like you know I can't even think about that like um I want to just like focus on the Braden Foundation. I want to use all the remaining sessions that I have to like really focus on this and, and figure out like what I need to do and how to bring it to light and, and, and come up with an idea because I didn't right. even have an idea. You just so, knew a foundation, but it wasn't what yeah, sure where I didn't you even know what it would do. Like, we actually in the beginning thought like maybe the foundation would do like a different project every year. Um, we had been, um, we had been considering the idea of, um, remaking the, uh, kids kids slash family room at the regional hospital okay yeah um but uh and we thought we would do different projects each year so like we would do that one year and then maybe we would raise money and do something different with it the next year mm -hmm. to help families that were impacted um but there was like a lot of red tape with what we were allowed to do there and right um so that, that didn't work out. Like when I went there, like, and you know, my main focus was like, I wanted to weigh something fun and positive to focus on. And then I went there and like, it just was kind of like stomping on all my, <laughs> all, all, and I was like, you so, know what, that's new that's, idea. Yeah. I'm like, that's not, if gonna, it's that hard, then go like, another that's way. That's not going to help me feel yeah. better. Like they didn't even want to let us put up a plaque. So they oh, moved yeah. away from plaques. We wanted to put a plaque in the room with Brayden's name on it, obviously. Right, obviously. And like, yeah. for me, like, I don't know, maybe that's terrible, but that was a real deal breaker when they said I wasn't allowed to put in a plaque. They said right. they, they do small plaques, but they put them not in the rooms. They put them down on like the main level. And like, I Didn't get it, that's right. their policy. Yes. But it's just for me, it was just like, you know, it's not feeling right that that's yeah. not, you know what I mean? You I, had to follow what was going Exactly, what was like going to yeah. feel right for me. So, um... I had met with Haley and we were trying to like brainstorm ideas and, you know, you know, we thought maybe we would help with medical expenses or maybe we plan, mm -hmm. you know, to help with like people who are traveling, like their travel expenses yes. and like nothing really like felt right. And Haley asked me, um, the question that really like led to our idea. She was like, well, what would have brought Braden a little bit more mm -hmm. happiness during those you know, right. five months that he was sick. And I was just like, like I said, he was on oxygen. So he was in his room all the time. Um, and he loved video games. So I was like, well, clearly like a shopping spree <laughs> to go out and buy him a bunch more video games. <laughs> or, and all the accoutrements to go yeah, with it. <laughs> or the room makeover to come in and like deck it yes. out with all the coolest yes. 
stuff. Because that's know? where they're spending all their time. Yeah. Oh. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what he would have liked. As soon as the words came out of my mouth, I was like, this is what we're doing. And we're then it probably do... unraveled from there. It did. Just I was like, like yeah, we're you're right in the flow. Or room makeovers. Like it just like, it felt so good to me as soon as yes. I said it. And I knew like that he would love those ideas. Like he would yes, think that that, that was, was really cool. cool. Like he wouldn't be excited if we were helping people with gas. Like yeah. I know it's, yeah. I know <laughs> it's, it's a like, good, it's a it's good thing, nice but it's yeah. good, but he wouldn't be excited yeah. about that, but he'd be really excited about the room makeovers and the shopping yes. sprees. Like those are, can, yeah, because your environment changes everything. Like oh, it really, gosh, yeah. the, the place that you're up. sitting in, it yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you told a story on Facebook about how Braden contributed to his own foundation. Can yeah. you tell that story? Because I thought it was such a a cool moment. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. So it's so rare because Braden was a teenager, typical. Like I said, he liked expensive things. He liked to spend money. So his first paycheck at McDonald's, and I don't even know how he missed it, it came as in a check. So I don't know if he just didn't know it was a check and maybe he just <laughs> it was a he pay thought that it was a pay stub, that the money would be in his bank account it was so unlike him. So I found a check for like over three hundred dollars. Um, but it had been like over a year but old. But after it, Braden had passed, yes. you found it in his room. I found it in his room oh when my I was gosh. cleaning his room. An so, uncashed check. An uncashed check, which I was just like so shocked. I'm like, this is crazy. I can't believe Braden ever missed a paycheck. Um so I had contacted McDonald's because I thought that they would have to issue a new check because I, I kind of was under the impression if it was a year old, right, that it banks, would be outdated. Yeah, that banks wouldn't cash it. Um, so I had contacted McDonald's, um, the one that he worked at, and they were like, oh, we'll get someone to, you know, phone you back. And I thought, oh, okay, this is probably going to take like a while. <laughs> yeah. And within minutes, someone from their head office, which is the North End location here oh, okay. in our area, within minutes, someone called me back and was just like, absolutely, you can cash that. Like, we would love it because I was telling them that I wanted to cash it and do- give donate the money to the Braden Foundation. Um, and they said, we'll just take that one to the bank and see if they'll cash it. Um, and then if they won't, you get a hold of us and we'll make it happen. Um, because they were like, our their checks never expire, they said. Um, so, yeah, I took it to the bank. And then it just so happened that I bank at BMO. And the teller that I went to used to work at... Brayden's McDonald's. McDonald's. Oh my gosh. And she knew <gasps> Brayden oh. and she cashed it without even hesitation. And that so, money went to the Brayden Foundation. Yeah. And it actually went to, uh, towards a special project, wow. um, which was a special project that him and I discussed. Isn't so, that amazing? Yeah. He was, you, before he passed, you before discussed he a passed, project. We did because he was in the hospital for Christmas for his last okay. Christmas. He spent it in the hospital and he quickly discovered that when you're in the hospital, that people um, like the hospital staff give you presents and some of the doctors bring you presents <laughs> and there's like the hospital foundation goes around and gives people presents. And then there's actually just random families in the city that come, they must call the hospital the day of, they find Fantastic. out who's in and they yeah. bring in Isn't presents. That beautiful? So like he Amazing. had, um, someone gave him a card that actually had cash in it. <laughs> 
which is pretty crazy. Yeah, like a, a family yes. brought in cards and they gave all the kids that were in the cash? hospital cash. Yeah, wow. and like another family brought that in. That would be joyful. And it had like a bunch of like Christmas chocolates and different stuff like all wrapped yeah. up. So he was like, this is crazy. And then we, him and I discussed how we should do it the following year. Um and he's like, really, can we do it? And I'm like, yeah, we could totally do that. And he's like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, we should do it. Um, so I was like, yeah, we'll definitely do that. So we put that money towards it. And the Braden Foundation did that on oh, Christmas Eve. That amazing? We contacted the hospital. We found out how many kids were there. And then, like, we had, we went in and uh, went out shopping on Christmas Eve, bought the presents, wrapped them, brought a cake and coffee from Tim Hortons, and, like, went in and delivered them to all of it. I think that's incredible that, you know, the money he earned in life, he was able to yeah. contribute and then, in death to to help to his, the, own the, the foundation. Thing, his own yeah. foundation. Yeah. Like when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is, and then, you can't make, yeah, you can't, yeah. Someone local too um, was reading about it and was really motivated and, and matched his oh check too. Ian oh, Cochran. Incredible. Oh. Yeah. She was like, I've been wanting to do something really special. special. And, and she's like, I want to match Braden's paycheck. Oh, so, no, like, that, that makes yeah. me cry. His what paycheck was people. even doubled. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I just thought that was an incredible and special story. Yeah. And uh, how many makeovers have you been able to do so far? We've done um, three room makeovers okay. um, and two shopping sprees oh. so far. And right now we have two more room makeovers that are like already in the works and planned. So we're doing um, a superhero one coming up in August. And then we're doing like unicorns and rainbows for a girl in September. And then we have another um, boy that's already approved. We haven't met him yet because we're not, we're not ready to get started on his project. And then we have another one approved for a girl that's going to be getting um, a shopping spree, but she's currently in the hospital right now. So mm. we're waiting for her to feel a little bit better so we can take her out on a shopping And how shopping fulfilled day. do you feel yeah, now? Well, I was just <laughs> thinking, like, how yeah. much joy is this bringing into yeah. your life? It, do it does bring a lot of joy, um, you know, in the sense that I get to continue sharing Brayden. Right. And I feel like, your main you know, especially purpose. when we do a, a room makeover, it's like, you know, I feel like there's like a little piece of him in, in their home right mm. um and you know just even because when we do the shopping sprees like we go out and spend the day with them right um so I, i'm really getting to whole, know them for the whole day like shopping with them and we take them out for supper um so you see the excitement on their faces and, and are the parents there as well yeah. like so then also the parents get to spend time with you yeah and you get to to kind of help them yeah like do you so is that part of sort of your own personal mission is that you get to have that sharing yeah like I get to be involved like when we do room makeovers like I'm over there like you know hammering and yeah you're you know, you're involved I'm involved <laughs> in in everything that we do yeah. so yeah um yeah it it has helped me a lot through this yeah how has it helped your healing how, so how has it contributed to I it I mean like I said where I, I started it so early that you know, sometimes the little posts that I put on Facebook once I started our Facebook page, that might have been the only thing I did that day. You know what I mean? Was just like, right. okay, like I at least got to, you know, do a post or I at least got to, you know, look at that next step for putting the foundation together. So mm. like, you know, really early on, it, it was like giving me that reason to, reason to get out of bed, get out of bed get every out. day to, to do at least accomplish something throughout the day. Yeah. Right. And um, 
so, you know, it, it really helped me through that, like pushing me. And then, and now it still helps me because like I continue to get to share him with the world. And it is really rewarding when you're out with a little young girl that has both of our shopping sprees have been with young girls. Um, just seeing them have that fun time and they're so excited Mm. to like just go out and, and, and shop and buy stuff and same with doing the room makeovers. Mm. Right. And, um, and even seeing the parents, because I've been the parent, right? right? Even seeing them see their kid uh, or even seeing them see the rooms, because the parents get pretty emotional over the oh, rooms too, I can right? imagine. Yeah. What, yeah. what a beautiful sentiment. Like and you're getting to share your gifts. Like, that, like I just keep thinking about that. All of those years of, of preparation, of yeah. study. Yeah. And you get to share all the things. It feels that, like it's Your own wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Your own wisdom. Something. You said in a letter on your website, you said, this is something, so the Braden family, this is something that I have to do. You know, as Braden's mother, I have an overwhelming need for him to be remembered and for that beautiful, bright light of his to continue to shine on in this world. And although Braden made uh, a lasting impact on everyone, he knew I, I, I was called to create this legacy in his memory so that even those who didn't have the privilege of knowing him will be impacted by his light. You say that he knew that I was called to create this legacy. What do you mean by that? That he knew that did did you feel like like you had this connection, like that there was something greater going on or um you had a purpose? I you know, sometimes do think that, you know, um I from when he was released from the Toronto um, hospital to when he passed was like almost 11 years exactly to the date that we flew home. Um, And when I was, uh, when I was writing my speech for his funeral, um, which I called the celebration of life Mm -hmm. a speech and not a eulogy, but um, I had put that connection together that had been 11 years, almost, almost, Exactly. And that really stood out to me. So like I was like searching up the 11 year, like what does this number 11 mean? And if you look up the number 11, it is um, symbolic of someone who is here to be like a guiding light, Mm. a teacher, Mm -hmm. um, someone who illuminates the path. Um, So yeah, like of all the people in the world that, you know, could have been Braden's mom, that I was his mom. They chose you. That he, <laughs> he chose me and that, you know, he, you know, he almost passed in, in 2007, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Like they said it was actually a miracle. Really? Yeah. Like he needed wow. a liver transplant. Like when we went there, when he had that blood infection, um, he, I was told multiple times, like when I had to leave him, I had to fly commercially and he had to fly medically from Halifax to Toronto. And, you know, that I was told to prepare myself that he might not make it. And um, that is actually why I wasn't even allowed to fly with him because, like, the New Brunswick medical plane is really small. And, like, even, like, an extra person slows it down. It's really, oh, really? small. And so creepy. they had to get there. Um, so that they oh wanted to. Yeah. Because when we flew from, from St. John to Halifax, like, I had actually flown with them. So, like... You know, it, the transplant surgeon, who obviously is a man of science, said that it was miraculous because, wow. like, he was put on the transplant list the first day that we got there. And then by the next early, early, like 6 a.m. the next morning, they had taken him off. He hadn't even been on the transplant list for, like, 
um, not even 24 hours. They said that he was too sick to have the transplant, so that if he went for that transplant that he wouldn't make it. Um, and then he just got better. He never got he the transplant. He didn't get the transplant. He just, he just he recovered. Recovered. healed. And then all these years later, that is how he passed. He went for a liver transplant, right? Because this um, condition that he had called hepatopulmonary syndrome um, is caused by your liver. So it's just like all these like weird things, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, they told me back then if he goes for the surgery, he's not going to make it. And then all these years later, he went from that surgery. Yeah. And he didn't make it. Um, he had like a lot of a scar tissue from that previous illness. Right. So when he went in for that surgery, um, he had a lot of internal bleeding, even from areas that they weren't operating Expecting, on. Yeah. So they were never so able you, to So you feel that. like you're making some sort of sense of it or you're trying to piece yeah. some meaning, meaning together. Absolutely. For sure. H- how has losing Brayden or going through that with Brayden uh, challenged your faith or, or your deepened your spirituality or do you have any or... It's like a... It's like a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like a, absolutely. a really mixed bag because, you know, um, like you had said, I was openly asking people for their prayers and mm. and pretty much begging for a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't get one. But we got one before, right? right? And the same thing was happening. So it's like, and I feel like I wouldn't, things wouldn't have turned out this way if I would have lost them before. Like I wasn't this person. Right. So if I would have lost them the 11 years ago, I think that my life would have unfolded in a really bad way. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because it almost feels like your purposes are connected. Yeah. Like, and I can feel that sense that you want to share his light with the world. Yeah. That, um, I don't, I don't even this is what's coming to me. It feels like his purpose was to bring you to yours. Like it just feels yes. like this, feels he was like your little connected. warrior. It feels connected with it. I can see you going inward and figuring out the number 11 and that he yeah. is a little warrior of light that he just like felt like when I read that, I was just like, Oh my gosh. It like, all makes, yes. it makes sense. Yeah. It's yes. not what you wanted. It's not the yeah. outcome you wanted, but it makes yeah. sense. Because he has pushed you to do so many things, including 100 brave things, which you have taken on. (laughs) Which I've been watching you do these brave things. So I think I saw you rappelling down the side of the Hilton in St. John. definitely the craziest one that I've done. Yeah, so I was looking at her going, she is brave. I would have... Knees knocking together as I crawled over yeah. the edge. Um, there was a lot of swear words. I'm not gonna. You lie. were okay. There was a lot of f bombs when I was up at the top. Of that. <laughs> not that anybody okay. would hear it. They um, just well, thought you were like crew up there, <laughs> and they were they were laughing. I'm sure were, you weren't the only one dropping. <laughs> there were there were some f bombs, and when I so you're on the roof, and then to go over the edge, you actually have to step up a little bit more onto the edge of oh, the, the edge of the edge to the edge of the edge. So it's like a little thing like this, right? So it's how like did you an do edge. that? How did you do it? So like once I got up there, oh. I was just like, that's the I was dropping the f bombs like a trucker, and I'm not normally, <laughs> I'm not normally um, a big swearer. Um, but we were terrified, good, and no. I'm really, really terrified of heights. I've always been a terrified of heights. Like when I was a when I was a kid, like even walking, you know, when you go from Market Square to Brunswick Square and you have to walk the skywalk, the, the pedway, like the pedway, like <laughs> I'd, the be holding, pedway. I'd be holding the railing and like my hand would be shaking and I would like try to step lightly, like as a child yeah. going across that because it would scare me so much. So why are you um, taking on all these challenges now? So, like I said, I really felt like. You know, watching Braden go through his, you know, 
the second life-threatening illness with so much courage um, that it, it just really inspired me. So like every year I try to set like, like a word of the year. It's like my tone mm-hmm. for the year. Um, so last year I set it as courage because Braden had, we had mm-hmm. just found out about his sickness and, you know, I really wanted to be, I wanted to be really courageous for him and help him get through that. And then this year, like I wanted to, you know, really focus my year on being more like Braden. So mm-hmm. there's like, I'm a lot more aware of like, you know, our, our mortality, right? Yes. Um, Yes. How quickly things can change. Like, we're so vulnerable. We don't yeah, realize it we until we're in that we don't position. Until so. you hit 50 or you lose somebody very close, yeah. right? So and there's a couple young, things. right? Like it was only four months after his 18th birthday that he yeah. passed, right? So <clears throat> I first just said, okay, brave is going to be my word of the year. And then like a little bit of time had gone by and obviously I didn't really do anything. It was just my word of the year and it was just there. And <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I need to be more... Like, I need something that's going to keep me more focused. On brave. On being brave. Like, you know, something that's going to, like, encourage me to, like, really, like, make this a big focus. So it's like, I'm going to do, like, a Brave Things project. Um, And then that's, I just got the idea. I was like, I'm just going to start. And I remember, like, when I first had heard about the repelling thing, I was just like, because I had heard about it before it was even advertised. Really? I was like, oh my gosh, like what kind of crazy person would do that? Then like, you said, wait a sec, I have a 100 brave like, list oh, thing I could add to. I'm like, this is really good for my 100 brave thing. Yeah, it like, would be. I would just turn my eye to that. I'd be like, I'll look for another one. Yeah. So I had to raise $1,000. So I raised $1,000 yes. um, for charity. Um, and yeah, I went over the edge. And so what other things are you doing? Um, so like they're all like some are big, some are small, right? Yes. But so, they're still brave. For you, they're brave, exactly. whatever they are. So I count, you know, just starting the project as like taking on. Yes. Oh, yes. I yes. So you that, think that, that so? Was number yes. One, number one. <laughs> and saying it, because you said it out loud. And once you say things out loud. Exactly. People start asking you what's your latest brave thing. Exactly. So, <laughs> yes. And then yeah. I'm like, I got to share about it. I got to write about it. I got to tell yes. everyone about it. And that's going to be my plan for my second book is right. 100 Brave Things. So there's wow. a first book. We'll talk about that yeah. in a second. And I already got a second book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. So they're all varying. So I applied to be a TEDx speaker. Yes. I, I didn't get picked, but, um, you know. But bravo. Point. But you're trying exactly. that. Exactly. That takes a lot of courage. Like, I think for you, to your point, you said even earlier, you said when you sat down, had coffee with someone, was out of your comfort zone, you said that might be silly. It's not because we've all been there. Yeah. And there's someone listening who, who might think that's exactly to call somebody up and go for coffee. So I think you're inspiring people yeah. in small and big ways. Yeah. And, and for, like, applying to be a TEDx speaker, like, you know, there was sharing the experience with people too. Like I shared each, uh, like, oh, I got the call. Oh, I got the yes. interview. Like, yes. you know what I mean? And, and then, then when you share that, you have to share, share all the rest of it. So then it's like, okay, it. well, I got to tell everyone now that I didn't get did, it, right? Yeah. Um, so getting comfortable with that. And that is something before, like, that's a very low risk that I would have even applied. But if I did ever muster up the courage, I wouldn't tell anyone unless I knew like Like 100,000% for sure sure that I was going to be in it. Because I would never want anyone to know that like I applied for it. So you're being more vulnerable than you've ever been. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm completely okay with it. I'm like, you know what? Like I'll apply again next year Um, and the year after and the year after. 
um, until they put me on their stage. Do you have any other big, big, brave things that will scare us by you telling us? <laughs> well, we are. Uh, I am doing the Fun Day Footpath this summer. Oh, that's a long hike. Yeah, how many days? Hike. It's four to five, depending Whoa. on how much you hike, yeah. how much you hike each yes. day, and how fast your group is. Yeah. Um, so there's a few people that are going to do that with me, um, and I actually one of the girls that's going to do it do it with us, um, Maria Chakarton. Yes. That's how I met her. So her and I From hadn't hit even, 30. Yeah. her and I hadn't even known each other. And I put a post out on Facebook and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm going to do this hike. Like who wants to do it with me? Yeah. Um, and she was one of the people that commented and then her and I met, we went for uh, a walk together and I ended up speaking at her event and now she's... And what was her recent event? Cause I met her at hit 30. So she works out at the gym. Yeah. So she does the, um, the, it's at Buttercup Barn. Yes. So she does the fitness, the fitness day. Oh, so, okay. Yes. Yeah. It's like a wellness retreat. Um, so you do, um, like yoga and we did uh, pound fitness with the drums yes. with uh, Jill Shepard and yes. they, they have a speaker and then they have like this huge, like obstacle course. And that's the one that you spoke at. Cause yeah. I saw pictures of you in a barn, which is yeah. like a really and nice And so was place. that on your brave list too, doing something like that? Yeah. Well, doing um doing speaking was on my brave list um doing the fitness challenge was on my list because like that's really hard and like (laughs) it was really hard (laughs) like pulling tires and like crawling underneath oh yeah that's like yeah that's that's hardcore um, I have a few different fitness things on my brave list that I that I've been doing and that I'll continue to do because like um, that has been something like I've always loved doing, but like I've shied away from because like, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to do that cause I'm going to be last or I'll be the slowest or, you know, I'll be breathing the heaviest. And it's <laughs> like, you don't want to like put yourself, yourself out, out there, there. And, mm-hmm. and potentially be the last person that finishes. And yes. so like, I've been, I've been taking on some of those challenges yes. too. So Bravo. like, that's the next yeah. biggest one. I just see you getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah, and like I you do, just keep opening like a flower, like it's just yeah, keep multiplying keep and growing. Yeah, like Dana said beforehand, your confidence, oh, right? Just yeah. so you showing up with all of who you are, yeah, and putting yourself out. there. And uh, I'll tell you, like I'm so afraid of heights. I know I'm still afraid of heights. If you put me back <laughs> up on that roof, I would still be just as scared. Swearing like, but <laughs> when I got down to the bottom, like I was like jacked but up. yeah after like, right, you jacked up i was like you i was like did this you know like you ever see that video of that little girl um and she's dancing in front of the mirror and she's like i can do anything yeah i love my house i love my family like i'm so strong like the, i felt like that little girl like yeah. i was just like i can do anything and like, that's the thing you know, the i can repel off through. the hilton like not that that's a useful skill because it's not but <laughs> but it's pushing uh, but your it's, past point but it's fear pushing it feels you because then you go wow if I did that what else could I yeah. do and then like when we were um, my husband and I just went on a trip to Vermont and we went on like one of those gondola rides that yes. took up to the top of the mountain and I would have never have done that before I saw I you post like, about that that was terrifying I'm like she repelled off the hill yeah thing. this oh, would be oh, seriously walk in the park I'm like, in there we first get started I'm like you have to take the pictures because I'm like holding on to the seat like oh my god oh my god so that's so funny. after a couple of seconds like I warmed up to it though and I was yeah. like okay Okay, but the same thing on the way back down. I was like, okay, you take the video. Yeah, I'm yeah. like hanging on to your life. <laughs> You're being brave. You're so, being brave. 
Yeah. yeah so it's like, I, I wouldn't have done that. I don't, I don't think if we had a, you know, I had a start of this, I would have been like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I would never do that. Yeah. But it's been Amazing. like, it's, as I always say, follow the breadcrumbs. You've been just yeah. like one little breadcrumb at a time. Now you mentioned your book. Yes. So you actually mentioned your second book, but let's go back to your first book. <laughs> yeah, the first one. Yeah. So you in the middle of writing it, almost I done? Am. No. No. It ta- it's, a, it's a process, isn't it? It is a process. Yeah. It is a process. And it's like a real emotional roller coaster, sure. too, because I'm writing about Brayden and like the lessons that he taught me oh. in life. So. I just heard recently, you'll you'll appreciate this as a writer, as that me-search is research. So I think when you write me books, search. It, it's really searching for you. You're It's very cathartic yeah. and and healing right as you we tend Absolutely. to write the books uh, we need, for ourselves we need, that we need right we and need. then we share that with the world so what is your book about so it's going to be all about the lessons that Braden taught me in life and how other people can apply them to their lives so mm, to be yes. brave and to live more fulfilled can you share some of those can you give us a sneak peek into some of the yeah, lessons yeah absolutely that he... so obviously the theme around bravery is like one of the biggest ones for me is that he just like taught me how to be brave because he's so brave right. throughout his illness and and even in his life like you know he <clears throat> He joined all different things without ever, like, you know, he wasn't allowed to play sports when he was, when he was younger because of all of his illnesses. So like his doctors like finally gave him the go ahead to like to play sports and he wanted to jump right into hockey, even though he didn't know how to skate. (laughs) Wow. I didn't either. I learned at 40, but (laughs) yeah, he he didn't. Oh, I heard that story at the event and I loved it. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, Braden was huge, huge into hockey. And I was like, oh my God, I should put that on my 100 brave things list and like learn how to play. Hey, I have a team for you. Because like. He was so passionate about hockey, but so he didn't even like know how to skate. So I'm like, okay, you're allowed now. You have the clear, like, let's join skating this year. And he was like, no way. Like he was going all in and straight into and, hockey. Like, you know, a yeah, lot of just blow past a lot of skills. little kids would have been like, oh no, like people will like you know judge me or yeah. like he know, wasn't afraid of, of any of that, was he? he? Didn't remotely care so he gets out there the first day and I'm like watching him and like he can barely like stand for not even one minute like we're talking like 10 and 15 second spurts <laughs> with falls yeah. so I'm like panicking like his uh his dad showed up and I was like oh my gosh like do you have your skates here I made some parents were on the ice I made him go get his skates and get out on the ice with them so I'm like having a heart attack like yes. I'm like oh my gosh he's never gonna come back he's gonna be so upset um and he gets off the ice and he was just like that was like the best day of my life and <laughs> like, like he was like he wanted he, attitude he like... conned his aunt into taking him skating again that very same day so he cons her into picking him up and taking him skating later on so that he wanted to get out and skate and like he was just always like that like when he was in high school he joined lacrosse like he didn't even know how to play or the rules i'm like you know like the rules of lacrosse like and like he's like no but i'll not a barrier (laughs) he's like they're gonna teach me and he's like i'm the goalie so i don't even need to know all the oh my gosh i don't even need to know all the rules because i'm the goalie the new kid in the net (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that's amazing that he's just he's not so conscious because so many people let that hold them back yeah and i even remember even thinking that like you know i wouldn't have done that when i was in high school i wouldn't have just no Um, that's probably probably why i didn't play any sports in high school because like i didn't want him like you know look bad or yes. you know not know how to do something or you know fail yes. or yeah so like he was just always like that and what's another lesson that you learned from him um 
believing in miracles Mm. because you know through that whole challenge that he went through when he was seven um, when the doctor said it was miraculous so it's like I I lived through that and I saw him go from you know too sick to be allowed on the transplant to being like in a coma and like you know he had probably like 11, 12 IVs, like going into different parts of his body, like into his arms, into his feet, into his groin area, like coming out of his neck. He had like multiple IV pulls. He did dialysis. He had a stroke and, you know. um, So did he himself believe in miracles? Was he, even though he was uh, positive, did he himself think this is going to be okay? Did he ever say that? Is that where you believe in miracles or is Um, it just? Well, I mean. For me, I feel like I witnessed a miracle, right? right? Like he went through all of that and then like he survived. And like even a man of science transplant surgeon said like, you know, I don't even know how to explain it. It's miraculous. So Um, when the surgeon says it's miraculous. Yeah. Right. So it's like I saw that miracle like unfold, Mm. you know, in front of me. So that really taught me. Um, t- to believe in miracles. We didn't get our, our second miracle, but you know what I mean? I think it's pretty... Um, pretty evident that... Pretty he, powerful yeah. that we, we got the first one, and I just think that maybe maybe this time it was like someone else's time to get their miracle, mm, right? Yeah. So... Yeah. You have such a great outlook, and obviously your son had a, a great impact on that. Yeah. And... Uh, is there anything else you'd like people to know about the Braden Foundation? Are there any fundraisers coming up? Or? We do. We have our gala coming up on uh, October 4th. Um, and it's actually going to be prom gala this year. Oh, really? So, um, so you get to dress up like prom and go? You, Is that it's thing? not mandatory. but <laughs> It's not mandatory, but the guests but can. They can. Um, I know our whole board, we're dressing up like it's prom, so our... Our idea is that it's prom for Brayden because oh. he passed before he got to have graduation or go to prom. Oh, yes. So we're having prom idea. this year for Brayden. That is beautiful. Yeah, to on uh, October 4th. So that's our biggest fundraiser of the year. Um, in 2020, we're actually going to add a second one because we want to continue to grow, and expand, people, and help even yeah. more people. Um, and if people want to donate, can they go to your website? What is the found or the foundation's website? Is it Braden? um, thebradenfoundation.com? So we don't have. We're not set up for online donations yet, but they can reach out, they can email, they can send an, uh, an e-transfer or mm-hmm. donation by check, and we will have that set up soon. Yeah. And you do um, have a board, so you have We do a have board. a board, yeah. We have 12 people uh, on our board of directors, and we had that set up in September. So we had our very first board meeting in September, and we did our very first room makeover in September. Wow. Wow. So, can um, you believe how much you've grown in in just that short amount of time yeah. since even September? Yeah, you know, no, as a person and with the foundation. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy to think like how far we've come and the people we've helped and you know that we have it set up like people can go online and because apply that is a lot and, of work to set up a foundation. Yeah. I mean, you don't just say I'm going to set up a foundation. There's yeah, I mean, we're still legal for financial our, our charitable status. Yes. That in itself yes. is like. I feel like that's like a part-time job. <laughs> um, it's like nothing that's really hard. It's just like very time-consuming, yes, yes. like getting that document ready. Yeah. So, Well, you have certainly done a lot of work, and this has been a fascinating conversation. And I, I'm inspired by you. Um, I appreciate I see. I see the braveness, and I know you will inspire people who are listening to this podcast, this episode for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you for having Thank you. me. I'm Dana Lloyd. And I'm Elaine Shannon. 
You've been listening to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast. You can connect with Dana at DanaLloydLeadership.com and you can connect with Elaine at ElaineShannon.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and join us for more Soul Sister Conversations. Thanks for listening.